You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Hello and welcome to everyone out there on this glorious afternoon here in Adelaide. My name is Daniel Menzel and I'm joined by the voice of summer here on Sports Day SA, Paul Bonser. Welcome to the show. Uh, Men's good to have you here, mate. And, uh, and, and it's hot. It's it warm. Very warm today. It's, it feels great like day. summer's actually here, which great is day out there. which is great that we've got that here. If you want to join us on the show today, join us on the Weeks Open Line. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes discover different. Now text in on 0427 154 166 or give us a call on 1300 736 736. Now the hot topic, as always, is brought to us by a drink, which you could definitely have today, Bonds. I walked past a char time before, and it's very warm. Be very nice. Be very nice today to get a char time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at char time, explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by char time fan faves. We're going to get to the hot topic, and we're going to play a little bit of audio to start us off. No, we're not, because that's just crashed. But that's okay. Well, I'll tell you what I had issues with last night, men's. I didn't have enough screens yes, in my house. Yes, We had the WBBL on one screen. I had the NBL going. I had uh, the World Cup on another screen. I had the baseball going from West Beach, the Giants taking on the Aces. There was just too much sport last night. Yeah, there absolutely was, um, which is obviously great. We've got plenty to talk about. Um, we're going to touch on a few of those things. We're going to chat later in the show to MLB baseballer Curtis Mead, who's now a part of the Tampa Bay Rays. And then after that, really looking forward to chatting to this guy. Jared Walsh will join us live from Qatar. It's a big get. Walsh is over there having a ball. Uh, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to speaking to him. I can't wait to talk to him about the experience and, and his role over there and how that's going for him. But um, let's get on to the Strikers Big Bash team, the WBBL team. I think we have a little bit of audio now, which is loaded, and we'll play it right now. Tosses it up, reaches for it. That's through as well. That is back-to-back boundaries. That is the game for the Adelaide Strikers. They are through to yet another WBBL final in a magnificent run chase. So there you have it. The Adelaide Strikers through to the WBBL final on Saturday against the Sydney Sixers. It's at North Sydney Oval on Saturday at 4.50 p.m. Our time here in Adelaide. Uh, exciting result for us. We've made another final. We've, we've been in two of the last three. We haven't won them, but you feel like you keep making finals. Eventually the results will come, and hopefully this time we will get the results against Sydney. It was an amazing performance last night by the girls. The Heat batted first, put on a decent score, 8 for 154, slightly below par, but in a final, it's probably, it's, it's, it's a hard run chase. Hard Amelia chase. Kerr was good for them, 43. Uh, Laura Harris, she's smashing the ball at the moment. Uh, she, was, uh, she made 33 off 14. Megan Shoot, 3 for again after her 6 for recently. So 3 for 26 for her. But the, the strikers batting 
was held up by Laura Wolvart. She batted for most of the innings, 47 off 45. But little Bridget Patterson, I love Bridget. I'm a massive fan of her work. And uh, she probably played her best innings as a striker. She was 45 not out off 26 deliveries and got them home. Absolutely, she did. They Now, when you talk about that, 8 for 154 the Heat made, it's never easy chasing in a final. Uh, we chased it down, obviously, with a few balls to spare, but we needed 23 runs off the last two overs. Yes. So when you look at it that way, you go, well, okay, maybe they were a little bit up against it, and you talked about it. Bridget Patterson, 45 off 26. Another one who played extremely well was DeAndre Dotton, made 39 as well off not yep. many balls. Um and so it's great to see that the team is really starting to gel. Um, a lot of players are really starting to put in their best performances at the right time of the season. Correct. And it does. It's um, Matty Penner's another one who smoked a couple of cover drives to the boundary to get the strikers over the line in the end uh, with only nine required off the last over. She did it uh, comprehensively. But um, it is. It's one that the team's obviously really settled now, and uh, they're going to take some massive confidence into the final against uh, against the Sydney Sixers, and we'll have no doubts in their mind that they this time around they, they can get the job done. The pressure's not on the strikers. They're going to Sydney full of confidence, expecting to win. So the, the pressure's all on the Sydney team who've been sitting there watching the first two finals, just waiting to see who they're going to play. And I think they'd rather be playing Brisbane, but uh, <laughs> the strikers are coming to town. Fantastic bowling lineup. Uh, whatever you're doing, make sure you're watching this on Saturday and supporting the girls. Absolutely. So 4.50 p.m. here on Saturday, you will be able to watch that and make sure you tune into that one. Moving from one successful Adelaide team last night to another, Bonds, the 36ers went to Perth, a hard road trip to do. And knocked off the Perth Wildcats 96 to 82. It's as comprehensive of a win we've seen this year from the 36ers. They were excellent. They outmuscled the Wildcats on their home court. Uh, they out rebounded them 45 to 34. But the big stat from the game was the 36ers scored 60 points to 28 in the paint. That- so, so they worked the ball inside, and the likes of uh, DJ, Franks, and uh, Kai Soto also got amongst it as well inside. They, they were they were fantastic. Their best game for the year. That is Shaquille O'Neal. Like 60 to 28 in the paint is a shellacking. That is an absolute domination. And I don't know whether that um, is as good as it is for the 36ers or obviously raises some real alarms for the Wildcats. So they got bullied around the rim that way. It's a massive win for us. And the other one, you touched on the point there. I think it's um, an interesting uh, position the 36ers are in now with obviously Randall gone from the team. I asked you last night, uh, is it potentially going to help us? And you said it means we'll spread the ball more. Well, you couldn't have been more spot on last night, my man. Cleveland, 16 points, five rebounds. Daniel Johnson, 17 points, eight rebounds. Franks with 21 and eight. And how about this from Mitch McCarron? Six points, six rebounds, six assists, and three steals. That is as t- much of a team performance as you'll see. He's a pass-first pass point guard, and just the general controls the tempo of the game. Again, was very good and just improving. He, I, I'd like to see him take more shots because he can score the basket. So, uh, I, yeah, I'd like to see a bit more from Mitch on the offensive end. Defensively, also, the 36 are as good as any team in the competition defensively now. They are, and a lot of that comes off the back of Antonius Cleveland's work. And he obviously shut down Bryce Cotton last night. It was an outstanding job defensively. And 
when he can actually offensively play the role he did, he still scored 16 points himself. Um, to be able to shut down the opposition's best player, it, uh, it does. It allows everyone to play their role in the team and potentially we maybe don't need another import if this is how it's going to look moving forward. Yeah, after the game on – I was listening to the SEN call as well with uh, Tim Gossage and Andy Vlahoff. Um, they did ask CJ that question after the game and he sort of hinted that they've got someone Ooh, ready to massive, go. Massive. And massive. it was interesting that the NBL asked the question on Twitter as well mm. overnight saying, do the Sixers need an import? And former import from the Cairns Taipans, Scott Machado, said, why not? Wow. <laughs> so okay. is that a little hint yes. as to maybe he's the guy that comes in? There's some Okay, so there's some big things to come. We're in a great position either way. Um, so only benefit the 36ers. Hey, I want to move to the Soccer World Cup, yes. which is obviously a talking point around the world at the moment. We are going to speak with Jared Walsh, as mentioned before, later in the show. There's some results overnight that, uh, again, were incredible. Um, whether you stayed up or not, there was a, another nil or draw between Uruguay and South Korea. Uh, Brazil won 2-0 against Serbia, and it wasn't just the fact they won 2-0. They had more than 20 shots, and they kept Serbia to no shots on target. Uh, there's a reason why they are the favourites uh, to win this World Cup, and they showed it last night. They were incredibly impressive. I'm not sure if you saw any of that game. No, I didn't see any of it. But that sound, that stat in itself sounds ridiculous that – you did not let your opposition have a shot on target. 100%. And the other point of that too is Serbia are no easy beats. Uh, there's people who have Correct. come out and said Serbia, Brazil will have their hands full in the first game. Serbia is a chance to make it through the group. So if they are doing that to a team that is a chance to make it through to the, the next stage, um, that shows their chances. They are definitely the benchmark at the moment. The other one that maybe can put their hand up is Spain off the back of a 7-0 result yes. as well. Um, but yeah, so again, some great games. We've got some great games coming up. Um, but the other one, which I want to touch on as well is Portugal versus Ghana, uh, Portugal getting the result. I think we've got a bit of uh, audio here first. Cristiano Ronaldo denied by Lawrence Atazigi. It's Ronaldo. It's one nil Portugal. So Cristiano Ronaldo, he scored in the 65th minute to become the first man to score in five World Cups. Uh, I mean, it's an incredible statistic. They went on to win 3-2 against Ghana. Um, so if you tuned in, you hope you tuned in for the last 30 minutes of that game. Five goals were scored uh, yes. and Portugal did what they needed to do. Ghana's never an easy beat in the World Cup. They needed to get off to a strong start just with a win, which they did. Obviously, Brazil as well. That's a huge start for Portugal. Doesn't have much going for him, Ronaldo, does he? Is uh, <laughs> not a not the worst looking rooster in the world, and uh, wallet full of cash, and the most followers on Instagram in the world as well, which is stunning when you think so about. So he's the making money from there. that, surely. He gets paid a significant amount of money for each ad he puts on. Instagram, it's in the millions. Um, so feel sorry for him, really. Oh, uh, I know. He hasn't got the greatest life out there, does he, Cristiano? But, um, again, just gets the job done. Five World Cups in a row. That's 20 years. That's effectively yep. – well, it's 16 years, sorry, with five World Cups. That's It's staggering to see the likes of him and Lionel Messi being able to do what they are doing at the moment um, for their teams. And they obviously are a chance to go all the way again um, this year. So – there's obviously a few more games tonight that we'll be tuning in. Australia obviously plays Saturday night yes. too. So make sure it's 8.30. You don't have to get up at 5.30 to watch the game like we did against France. It is 8.30 Saturday night. No reason why this won't be on the television, whether you're out 
somewhere with a few beverages or whether you're at home on the couch. I think most people will be tuning in at some point during the game. Yes, I absolutely do think that's the case. If you want to tune in tonight, Wales versus Iran at 8.30. Then it's Qatar. The hosts will play tonight against Senegal. Geez, you hope they put in a better performance tonight. Or you want them to win. You do. You want them to win. You want the Qataris to be up and about. You don't want the Qataris leaving early like they did in the first no. game. And... Another couple more. Netherlands take on Ecuador. Netherlands for mine will be too strong. And the other one, which will get a lot of interest from around the world, is England plays the USA at 5.30 in the morning tomorrow. England win? England, I'm, I'm certain, will win that as well. They look extremely good, and I think they'll continue on their winning ways. Now, Black Friday de- deals are now on at Toolkit Depot. Make sure you get down there. Stock is limited, so get in quick. Hang around here on Sports Day SA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Welcome back to Sports Day SA with Dan Menzel and Paul Bonser here. Now, it is time for our Friday forecast brought to us by the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Sammy loves that. He does. Look at him bopping along. That is great tune for your Friday afternoon <laughs> to put you in a great mood. And we are going to start, and hopefully this will put us in a good mood, Bonds, because you're sure thing. I'm very interested to see what you have for oh, us. It's today. easy. Strikers win their first WBBL championship on Saturday night. On Saturday night. That would be great. That would put us in a super mood here in Adelaide. My sure thing is Australia will score a goal against Tunisia on Saturday night. Like it. I like it. The reason I'm going with that is Tunisia's previous game, they played against Denmark. It was a nil or draw. There was not many shots on goal at all. Uh, we obviously heard Graham Arnold talk about Australia not going too attacking against France because they could get opened up. I feel like they're going to have a crack in this game and Tunisia knows they need to beat us. Correct. Both teams need to kick goals. So you'll see an Australian score on Saturday night when you tune in. Bonds, who's your most at stake? Uh, I think Argentina, they have to beat Mexico, don't they? They absolutely do. That is my most at stake as well. I agree with you completely. Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. It's a, a bad loss. But as long as they are able to beat Mexico, they are fine. Because Mexico and Poland drew nil all. Yes. So if they get over the top of Mexico, they're, they're back in the driving seat to get out of that uh, out of that group and through the next round. And it is more than likely Lionel Messi's last World Cup as well. Correct. They can't go down no. to Mexico and go out without making it through to the next round. What is your doomsday scenario? The first test lasting less than three days. So if the Windies just capitulate to the Aussies, uh, that's not setting up the summer very well at all. No, that would that would be a, a real doomsday scenario. Hey, I'm going to stick with a the soccer theme for the doomsday scenario. The doomsday for me is Denmark beating France. Now, the reason that this is doomsday is if Denmark beat France, Australia is basically out of the World Cup regardless Correct. of what happens. And Correct. the reason being is because Denmark will get to four points. France will be on three. They've got superior goal difference to us. We'll probably jump to three. We'll play Denmark in the last game. All they'll have to do against us is draw, and we won't make it through. So for Australia's sake, we can't have Denmark beating France because if we can at least get a draw against Tunisia, we're alive going into the last game. Yep. So Makes sense to me. Hopefully Australia can get the job done against Tunisia and France can do us a favour and knock off Denmark. Now, I want to touch on the Australian PGA Championship bonds, which has started. It is obviously we're two rounds through. It is at the Royal Queensland Golf Club. 
up in Queensland. Uh, there's some notable names there. Big names. Um, and so, obviously, Adam Scott is one of them. But the man of the moment, the, the, man, the man of Australian golf for the last couple of years has been Cam Smith. Obviously playing on the Live Golf Tour now. He is playing in this tournament. Uh, how's this? He shot six under today. He's sitting at nine under in second position. He's only one shot back to Scrivener, who is ten under. Um, yeah. Chances that Cam Smith takes this out Sunday afternoon? Uh, he's probably in the odds. He's probably in at $2 to win uh, I that. I think he's shorter than that. Might be shorter than that. Uh, much shorter than that. Um, and that just shows the class of the uh, man. Yes, yeah. And it's fantastic that the Aussies, uh, we have a, a golfer that we can be very proud of. We have quite a few, but uh, this guy is just killing it. He is. How's, how's these guys a couple of blasts of the past for you? Jeff Ogilvy at two under. Uh, oh, nice. Greg Chalmers at two unders. Obviously had some success here in Australia. Mark Leishman, who's obviously playing extremely well internationally, is also at one under there. So there's a few guys uh, of note that is worth tuning, worth tuning into. Wade Ornsby as well, South Australian. He is playing as well. He's one over. So tune into that one. Obviously, over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday afternoon, we obviously both here believe that Cam Smith will be the man taking that out on Sunday afternoon. But now, Bonds, it's time for my NFL update. Stream every NFL game this season live on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. I've signed up to that. I got that from day one. Uh, it's one of the best streaming devices I think you can get. Um, and there were three awesome games on today. Fantastic games. I sort of had it on my desk just playing in the background. But there was the Cowboys-Giants the Cowboys, um, the Cowboys -Giants game was fantastic. Just close contests all the way through. Touchdowns, lots of scoring. Uh, but the game that really got me was the Patriots-Vikings game. That, that was neck and neck all the way through. One team would score, other team would score. And for, team, uh, for the Patriots, are normally a very defensive team, um, with four or five minutes to go, it was... 26 apiece. Yeah, it was. And so Vi the Vikings obviously won that game at home 33 to 26. So it's uh, after getting absolutely smashed by the Cowboys last week at the Vikings. It gets their season back on track. They are nine and two now. Patriots still thereabouts at six and five. Uh, I touched on the Cowboys. They are rolling along really yeah, nice. They're starting to fly. They are eight and three. Um, they'd probably be getting more attention if they weren't in the same division as my team, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are on top at the moment of yep. the NFC. But the Cowboys won 28-20 against the New York Giants today, who are no slouch. They are seven and four this year. So a big divisional win for the Cowboys, and they looked extremely good again today with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. It was a double-point game because they were both on seven and four before the game, so it just puts them a game ahead. Of the Giants. It does. And the other game, which was the earlier game this morning, was the Buffalo Bills 28 defeating the Detroit Lions, who have been good of late, 25. Uh, an important win for the Bills. It keeps them close to the top of the AFC. Uh, they went to Detroit inside the dome there. Don't know if you've seen Buffalo or any uh, vision of Buffalo over the last couple of weeks. There is no way you could play a game there at the moment. Yeah. Be cold. The amount of snow there. They showed a picture of Buffalo Stadium and you couldn't make out anything. It was just snow the whole thing. So yeah. it's uh, it's why their last week's game was moved to Detroit and then they stayed there and obviously played against Detroit uh, this week. So an important win for the Bills. Uh, and so NFL Thanksgiving Day over there today. The rest of the games will be Monday morning here in Australia. 4.30 a.m. if you're brave enough to get up at that time. There's a few cracking games to check out for on Monday morning. The Chiefs play the Rams. The 49ers take on the Saints. 
and my boys, the Philadelphia Eagles, take on the Green Bay Packers at home. So it uh, will be interesting to see how Aaron Rodgers goes there against the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles for mine. Uh, before we go, uh, men's, I just want to say a big uh, congratulations to Mitch Creek, who will play his 300th NBL game uh, this weekend for the South East Melbourne Phoenix. So former 36er and all-round good guy, Mitch Creek, 300, 300 games. 300 games of NBL is is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of games. Longevity around that. And Kyle Adnam, also former 36er, plays his 200th on the same night. Wow, there you go. Stick around with us. After the break, we chat Major League Baseball with Curtis Mead. Bonds has some must-hear audio that you've got to tune in for, a really good press conference. And we catch up live from Qatar with South Australian's own Jared Walsh. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Dan Menzer with Paul Bonser here. Text in on the Weeks open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks home. Discover different. Now, Bonds, our next guest we're going to go to is brought to us by your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Now, here's a couple of his teams he's played for recently. The Montgomery Biscuits. How's that for a name? We've also got the Durham Bulls and recently the Tampa Bay Rays. Curtis Mead, welcome to the show. Hey, John, guys. Thanks for having me on. No. You, miss, you miss one there, men's. Uh, he's the Adelaide Giants, of course. Of course. Our very own. You're right, our very own. I wanted to go to a couple of the more random ones that people might not know about. <laughs> I love the uh, biscuits as a, uh, as, yeah, a, a as a logo. But, um, Curtis, just run us through, I guess, um, exciting news about Tampa Bay. Um, the prospects obviously coming up with that. How does that look moving forward? And what's the, I guess, direction and pathway over the next few months for you? Yeah, so definitely some pretty cool news. Um, so now spring training will start a little bit earlier. Um, start with the big league team in uh, in the middle of uh, February. Uh, so head over a few months earlier and uh, a bit of an extended training camp. And then out of the 40 men that they invite to camp, they crunch it down to 26 at the end of March. So just preparing, preparing now for the uh, for February. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's great. So question then, what are the chances, obviously, of making the 26? What are your hopes uh, for, I guess, the 2023 season? Um, and, and yeah, where do you see yourself at the moment? Yeah, so it's definitely challenging to come uh, first year under the 40 man and make it straight on to the 26. Um, but obviously, I think that's the goal. You know, I would love to make the opening day roster, but if not, uh, go back to AAA, hopefully find some form and then and then get called up in the first few months and, and spend, you know, the, the majority of the, the back half of the season in the big leagues, yeah. Yeah, that'd be unreal. It'd be great to see. Now, to the baseball fans out there, you're a second baseman. Um, obviously, uh, can play a bit of first, a bit of third base, but second base is your go. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a pretty even split between second and third and then uh, started touching a bit of first base over the last few years, uh, just trying to be versatile and 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 find find any opening if, if, the, if they present themselves. Curtis, for the people that aren't aware of how baseball works in the US, you started playing single A ball, then you go to double, then you go to triple and then it's the majors. What's the difference between, say, a single-A team going up to a triple-A team as far as standards go, um, I guess, infrastructure as well? Are the diamonds any different? Do you get uh, better travel arrangements as you get higher? 
Uh, yeah, so the diamonds are pretty much the same the whole way up. Uh, the stadiums get bigger. The travel gets nicer. You know, you start to fly, fly in AAA. Um, the food gets nicer as you get higher. The <laughs> hotels you stay at is nicer. So um, they definitely treat you better the higher you go. You know, at the lower levels, it's almost it's almost like before the game, you're training super hard to get better. And then, you know, the game is a bonus and however you play is great. But, you know, the 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 key of the day is, is to really, like, get get something out of the four or five hours of training before you play. Um, where at AAA, it's more of a performance-based level, you know, like the big league team is looking for guys to play well um, in the AAA team as, uh, to call you up. So it's definitely been a little bit of an adjustment and, you know, finding out what what makes me feel good before the game and what sorts of things I like to do before I play. You know, initially I would do kind of as much as I could to try and get better and, you know, take as many reps as possible. But now I'm more kind of focused on the quality rather than the quality. So, What about the, yeah. cra- what about the crowds for AAA games? Uh, yeah, they're pretty good. You know, we'll get, we'll get, you know, over 10,000 on a good day. Um, and, you know, probably three, three, to, three to five, three to six throughout the week. And then on the weekend, yeah, right around that 10,000 mark and over. Um, but, you know, in, in, in Able, you're probably looking at, you know, a couple thousand on the weekend. So it definitely, definitely gets better and, and it's uh, more exciting to play in front of the fans. Absolutely, that's uh, that's a great crowd for AAA. We, I think Bonds and I both looked at each other when you said that. Um, that's impressive, and I mean, we know that the US over there obviously support their teams in large numbers. And so, just on that, you obviously were originally signed by the Phillies and then dealt to the Rays. Um, the Rays play at Tropicana Field, so inside a dome. So, have you let your, I guess, your mind wander in terms of what that might be like with the, uh, your experience? Uh, yeah, you know it'd be it'd be awesome. Tropicana Field's awesome. I've been there, been there a few times, and you know it's it's one of those ones that air conditioned, so it's set set at 72 degrees Fahrenheit uh, every day of the year. So it definitely would make it easier to play when you know you know exactly what the weather's going to be like every day. So it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. Now, Curtis, I want to find out: uh, was Tampa Bay the team that you barracked for growing up? Uh, no, unfortunately, I was a, I was a New York Yankees man. A Yankees so man. They're actually in the division. So, um, yeah, you know, at the, at the lower levels, probably still supported the Yankees a little bit. You know, you feel so far away from the big leagues, but now I'm getting close, you know, it's eventually, hopefully in the next year or so, I'll be playing the Yankees, you know, 20 times a year. So definitely, definitely weaning off, uh, being a Yankee supporter, that's for sure. Now, you've currently got a little bit of an injury, Curtis, um, and which means you're not playing for the Giants just yet. Uh, do you Any chance of playing for the Giants before you head back to spring training? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I, I would start throwing in, in January, and that's kind of the last checkpoint with my elbow. You know, I'm already back hitting and, and everything's feeling good and going well. Um, and it's definitely something I'll speak about with the Rays, you know, in the coming coming kind of weeks and so see where they're at. Um, now being on the 40-man, you know, I've got to check check with the, the front office and that sort of thing. So it's definitely something I'd love to do. Um, and there'll be discussions uh, had in the next few weeks over what that looks like. 
Now, your father, Tim, was a successful baseballer. I just want to know for everyone out there listening, particularly here in, in Adelaide, baseball's obviously not one of the major sports here in South Australia. How did it become your sport? I'm guessing it was just because you watched your dad when you're growing up, but the pathway there and the opportunity for, for kids going through to actually get through to the majors. Yeah, so I, I was kind of all in on football probably until age 14 or 15. Um, you know, I played baseball in the summer and watched that and I enjoyed it. And, you know, I was always like reasonably talented with it, but didn't put a ton of time and effort in and facilities were nowhere near as good for the baseball as the football. Um, but then I kind of, yeah, 14 or 15, I, I decided to stop playing football and I, I really found a love for the game of baseball. Um, and, you know, really my only coach until I was probably 12 years old was my dad. So uh, kind of came into some higher-level coaching, even though my dad's a great coach, um, you know, and started putting some some hours in from there and then was able to crack crack into the Giants team and, and kind of took off from there. Which local club do you play for, Curtis? I play for West Torrance Baseball Club. The, my, my dad played there too. Beautiful. Um what what is your obviously you'd love to make that twenty six man squad, but am I right in saying that as part of the forty man squad, they can only call players up from that forty man squad for injury replacements, you know, loss of form. You you still have a chance if you don't make the twenty six, you still have a chance of playing major league for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they can only call guys up from the active forty man roster, so you know you put yourself in a better position because out of that 14, you know, at least half of them are pitchers. Um, so there's probably, yeah, between six and eight guys in AAA that are on the 40-man also that uh, are fighting for those extra spots. Right. Yeah, interesting. It segues nicely into this last question I want to ask you, Curtis, and that is playing with those other guys in AAA. Um, what's the feel like in the team dynamic? Because, as you just said, you're fighting with six to eight other guys to get into that major league team. Uh, I'm guessing it's not as much team as it is more individual at that level, potentially, to be able to, I guess, get yourself up to the, the top level of the majors. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting level because you've got a bunch of big league guys that are down, you know, whether they're rehabbing from injury or or there's, there's a range of reasons of why they're in AAA. Um but we actually, my AAA team with the Rays won the championship, so we were the best AAA team. And so we actually had a pretty good uh, balance between, you know, everyone everyone wants to play well and everyone wants to go to the big leagues. But I think, like, so much of that is out of your control. So I think um, at the end of the day, you'll work past that together. And it's, it's not your decision to make. And obviously, you might feel a little better if you have a few hits, but the team loses, I guess. But... Um, it's not really something I mean I I know speaking from my experiences that I often play better when I play to win um, and kind of use that and like my game style uh, plays better and stuff so if I'm just focusing on what I can do to help the team win you know usually my individual performance takes care of itself so I think I think it, in my experiences we've had a, a really good balance of of, you know, obviously everyone wants to achieve their goal, but at the same time, we can kind of do that together. So, Yeah, absolutely. And, and the spot on there, you can, mate. We, we want to wish you all the best here at Sports Day. Um, obviously in a great position and we'll be following your career very closely, no doubt. And hopefully you can push on to that 26-man squad. And if not, 
you'll stay around the mark and get the opportunity. Curtis, thank you very much for joining us today here on Sports Day. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. There you have it. Curtis Mead from the Adelaide Giants and the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, isn't that interesting that he's a New York Yankees fan and he, as he said, might be playing against him 20 times a year in the future. Yeah, let's hope so. And he's only 22. Yeah. Like He's only a kid. And you can he- sort of hear that in his voice. He's quite young, but very, very talented. And hopefully uh, Curtis Mead plays some Major League Baseball. He'll be the first South Australian in about 20 years to play Major League. Massive. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big moment if he, if he gets there this year, and we hope he does. Now, before we go to our next guest, um, Men's, I normally give an inspirational quote of the day. We've been doing that for a little while. Instead, I've got something a little bit different. We've got a press conference from a coach in America. His name is David Bennett. Have a listen to this. This will inspire you. Trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to the golf tournament for practice, right? 12 cats live across the road. Our door's open, screen's broke, we need to get a new screen door, but the screen's broke, so you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look, there's a little kitty cat in our, in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, eh, the cat turns, tries to get back out, that screen won't go that way. Cat starts going meow, all crazy. And I told our players, we need more dogs. Bo's barking in the back. I have to go shut Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, there's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. So I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. The cat's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. I look good. I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. There you go. Be more, be more like a dog. We need more <laughs> dogs. That's great. What a, what a press conference that was. Uh, yeah, that's uh, David Bennett from the Coastal Carolina. It's, uh, yeah, just great. Just great fun. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think we are ready to go with our next guest, who's brought to us by Tire Power, brands you can trust like Maxxis Tires. Big holiday sale on now. Now, we are extremely fortunate to be joined by Jared Walsh, live from Qatar. Walshie, how are you going? Good morning or good afternoon, gents. Thank you very much for having me on uh, FENSA. It's uh, a pleasure to be speaking with you. Um, I'm still trying to gather my bearings, but it's it's pretty incredible to be over here, to be honest, on the eve of uh, a must-win game for Australia, who are taking on Tunisia, um, it's it's almost win or go home for the Socceroos boys. So there's a bit of anticipation amongst the Australian fans, but it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It will be now. Walsh, you've got Dan Menzel here with Paul Bonser, and we're very curious to find out, first of all, before we get on to the Socceroos, your experience thus far in Qatar. There's obviously been a lot of media around the world and here in Australia about the conditions, about how the atmosphere is, the lack of alcohol at stadiums. Just give us a little brief uh, intro into how your experience has been. Well, the first experience, as soon as I say that I'm Australian, they say, Australia? So do you know the Ken Farmer medalist in Daniel Menzel? And I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. So it's easy Brilliant. to make an association. And then they're like, hold on, you also know sports broadcaster Paul Bonzer. So that's how I make my kind of in to the fans. But look, it's it's a weird one, boys, because I feel like I'm in the World Cup bubble over here. Um, so I'm just embracing everything for what it is. But speaking to a couple of people who 
have been to previous World Cups. Yes, it is different because, look, we're in the middle of the desert. There's not much to do on our down days. There's only so many desert safaris you can do and walking around and having a look at some local markets. Um, What I love is walking around and seeing so many people wearing the colours of the country. And I feel that football or soccer, however you want to call it, is unmatched when it comes to patriotism when you are supporting the sports, you can really see so many different cultures. Just to give you an understanding, I'm staying in an apartment block with a ground announcer representing every country competing in the World Cup. So I'm actually getting to know all of these people and it feels like our own kind of little World Cup. The the no beer thing, yes, it's having an impact on some fans, but I also think if that's your biggest concern in life, you've, you've probably got another conversation that you need to have if you're relying on alcohol to have a good time. Um, it's different. It's absolutely different. It's definitely going to be one of these experiences that we look back on and go, wow, remember that time there was a FIFA World Cup in Qatar? But I don't want to get bogged down in all of that. I just want to embrace everything that's beautiful about the world game. And we've seen it, you know. We saw what happened with Argentina, the story about Leo Messi, um, Cristiano Ronaldo last night, uh, our time with Portugal. There's so many little stories bubbling along where you walk around and, yes, it feels like there is a World Cup happening. So uh, I just encourage everybody to embrace it for what it is because it's such a beautiful time that happens only every few years. Yes, it sounds incredible, Walshie. And uh, it, isn't it great you get to debrief when you get back from the game with every other announcer from every other country and just find out how they went. And uh, on that, I want to find out how was the uh, experience for you introducing the Aussies for the first time against France? Yeah, it was unreal, Dan. It was uh, incredible, to be honest. It was one of those things where I had to take a moment to look around and go, I'm just a, an old, bald bloke from South Australia. And here I am representing the, the country in something that I love doing. But Um, I think it's a real credit to FIFA and the organisers to say that they wanted the fans to have a real international experience and they wanted the home announcer from every country to give that home feel. So, you know, I I was giving the the player introductions with the way that I do it for the Socceroos matches. Um, It made the players feel like they were at home as well. The other thing was that the in-stadium DJ asked us to provide five songs that um, the players wanted to hear to fire them up for a game. So we had Men at Work, Land Down Under. We had Daryl Braithwaite, Horses Playing, Thunderstruck. So there were moments where you're like, we're, we're in Australia at the moment. Obviously, the result didn't go our way, but you can tell every effort is being made to make it feel like an Australian match. And the supporters are showing up. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really surreal experience that I think I'll look back on and reflect. And while I'm in the moment, I'm trying to embrace it as much as possible. But I think it's going to take a bit of time to go, wow, that just happened. Being there while she uh, at, at the ground when Craig Goodwin, the South Australian, scores the first goal for Australia, uh, did you lose your mind a little? I certainly did, Bond. Uh, it was amazing. I actually stood up and started running along the sideline because I'm sitting pitch side. So I've got the best seats in the house. And the other ground announcer had to grab me and say, who scored the goal? Who scored the goal? And I'm like, it's the person who's celebrating right now. It's Craig Goodwin. It's Adelaide's Craig Goodwin. So that was awesome. And, you know, Craig flew over his partner, Caitlin, um, their young son, Ezra, his mum and dad, and his best mate as well. So they were there to see it. Um, it's a weird one, I think, because it's wonderful that Craig scored and Australia scored. 
but we shouldn't take away the disappointment from losing that match 4-1. France are world-class. I mean, they're the reigning champions. There were areas of our game where we really need to improve if we want to match it with Tunisia. There's a lot of fans from Tunisia here, and they're a really tough opposition. So um, that, that moment was brilliant. For the boys, they're going to go, we're not just here to make up the numbers. We really want to compete. And they, they want to show that Australian football has what it takes to mix it with the rest of the world. Speaking of fans, many Aussies over there, mate? There are, actually. I had a very strange in- encounter where I was on a bus going to the local railway here, like the Metro, and I just looked out outside of the bus and it was former Adelaide United captain Stefan Mork just walking around. And I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he said, I'm just here for the World Cup. And I'm like, that's it's such a small world. And he introduced me to his local um, Euros store. So I got a Euros there, which is very nice. And that's Stefan Mork's local now. But this is the thing, boys. You, you wear your Australian top when you walk around. And instantly, it's say, hey, how are you? Where are you from? And funnily enough... Um, the groundskeeper at the stadium the Socceroos are playing at is actually from the Gold Coast. The groundskeeper from another um, stadium here was previously working at the MCG. There's, there's Australians everywhere. We're taking over, which is great. That is absolutely great. Um, how is the weather over there? Is it extremely hot? Is it not too bad? There's obviously been a lot of conjecture about having a World Cup in the middle of a, a summer, which is obviously winter because they've accommodated for Qatar. But how's the conditions? Uh, I would like to say that it's it's a hot but a comfortable hot. I'm standing outside at the moment and it's 10.20 in the morning and it'd be, look, high 20s at the moment. There's no humidity, which is great because it's the middle of winter. The other thing about um, the weather is at nighttime it gets quite cool, but the stadiums are all air conditioned. So the stadiums are freezing. You go in there and they have all of these huge vents blasting out air so it feels like you are in an air-conditioned environment where you need to put a jacket on inside the venue because it's so cold in there. Yeah, okay. That's okay. That's not too bad then. That's bearable. Um, now, I want to move on to the Aussies' next game against Tunisia. Uh, can we beat them? And what do we need to do, in your opinion, to get over the line? There's a lot of unknown about Tunisia. Um, they ultimately have a really competitive side that shouldn't be taken for granted. I mean, they drew nil all with Denmark. So that speaks volumes of how good they can be. Um, it's, a, it's a hard one when Australia plays France first up because, as I said, the, the class of Mbappe, Dembele, Giroud, like these are, these are world-class players. So, look, I think what Australia needs to do is go out the way we did in the first 20 minutes of the match um, against France continue the attack. We've got a lot of firepower on the bench as well. If you think about Aware Mobile, who's a former Adelaide United player, um, Jason Cummings came off the bench, one of our strikers. We also had Jamie McLaren, who's one of the best goal, uh, goal scorers in A-League history there. So I feel that Graham Arnold might make a couple of changes. Um, tactically, there were a few errors, I think. But I mean, what can you do when you've got one of the best players in the world with Mbappe playing on you? So I feel for Nathaniel Atkinson a little bit. I just think we need to go out attack. We need to back our boys in and and just see what happens. But obviously, in in a situation like this, you just can't fall asleep whenever you are playing because um, these teams are going to make you pay. This is what the World Cup's all about. We saw that in the Argentina game against um, Saudi Arabia. You know, Argentina had three goals disallowed. Saudi Arabia make the most of their opportunities and they win. So you just can't take anything for granted. 
Well, she one more before we let you go and appreciate your time, mate. Um, the Japanese are getting big press over here for cleaning up after themselves. Are you looking? Are you cleaning up after yourself as well? Uh, absolutely, and uh, I'm also a really good liar. <laughs> Brilliant. Jared Walsh, mate, we could speak to you all day about, obviously, Qatar and everything that's happening over there. We want to wish you all the best against Tunisia. No pressure, but make sure you get the Aussies over the line for us. Ken Farmer, Paul Bonza, great to speak with you both and keep <laughs> smashing on the radio. Looking forward to seeing you when I get back, all right? Thanks, Walshie. Thank you, Walshie. There you go. Jared Walsh there, live from Qatar in the morning over there, Bonds. Um, great to speak from someone on the ground about yep. how the conditions are, the fans over there, and obviously how the Aussies are travelling at the moment too. It's not a bad gig. Like, just imagine you, you're going over there, part of this the biggest event in the world at the moment, and you're sitting on the side of the pitch and with a microphone in your hand every now and again. Ground announcing. And you stay in awesome. the same complex as every other ground announcer. I mean, imagine yeah, the conversations cool. back when they get back to their complex. It actually would be incredible. And, yeah, I know you'd definitely be envious. I'm very envious of Walshy over there. So great to chat to him. And it looks like we're another show down, Bonds. Another week down, a, a big weekend of sport. The Socceroos Saturday night. Make sure you tune in. The Strikers in the WBBL as well. And the Australian PGA Championship concludes on Sunday. Yes. So make sure you tune in for those ones. Otherwise, we'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to Sports Day SA. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV.